We're on Yavamos Kuf Beis Amabez 102b. As we continue on in the discussion of the type of shoe that is necessary for the Yavam, for the brother-in-law to wear, and for the sister-in-law to remove as part of the process of Chalitza. And so the Gemara says as follows. Rav says, Sandal hatofer bepishton ein cholzenbo. If you have a sandal, if you have a shoe that is woven with flax, so then you cannot use that. It's not a good shoe to use. How do we know that? Shenamar, because the verse says in Yecheskel, in Ezekiel, it says, Vanalech tachash, that you use Vanalech in the context of a shoe, it's specifically tachash. What is a tachash? Tachash is a type of animal uh, that was used, the skin was used. Uh, with regards to the Mishkan, the tabernacle, but the point is that it's an animal. So therefore, the shoe has to be made from an animal. So the Gemara wants to know, if this is true, so then maybe it's limited not just to any animal, but maybe it's specifically the animal of the Tachash. We don't even have the Tachash animal today. But they're suggesting that once we're saying that it's the, we, we find in Yecheskel and Ezekiel that the shoe that we are referring to in general is the shoe of a tachash, so then maybe, <coughs> excuse me, that would be limited to a tachash. And we don't have a tachash today. In Midiach Minilos, the Gemara says, no, because when it comes to yibum, na'al, na'al riba, that multiple times in the context of yibum and chalitza, really specifically in the Torah, it uses the word na'al. Um, and na'al is just any shoe, so it's really coming to include Many types of shoes. The Gemara wants to know. You know, no riba. If you look at milinami, if it's if the word shoe is found multiple times to tell us that it could be any type of shoe, so then let it be really any type. Why does it even have to be coming from an animal? Why does it have to be leather? So the Gemara says no. Imkain tachash mayahanilei, because we have to balance it out. On the one hand, it says tachash. It says a specific animal. On the other hand. In the, in the verse with regards to Yibam, it says Na'al multiple times, shoes multiple times. So it's not limited to Tachash, but it also can't be expanded to any type of shoe. So we say it's expanded somewhat. And so we extend it to the fact that it has to be a shoe from an animal, i.e. a leather shoe. It has to be a leather shoe. So Gemara wants to know if that's the case. By Menei Rebelezer, may Rav. Rebelezer asks from Rav. This all came from Rav. Who shall or Vitrisa Yosov shall say Armahu? What's the halacha? What's the law if the shoe is made out of skin, animal skin, and the shoelaces are made out of the hair of the animal? So Amarlei, Milo Karina Beben Alich Tachash. So Rav says back, of course that would work. That would be that would be viewed as coming from an animal. So then he says back, Yihachi Kula shall say Arnami. Let's say the entire shoe is just made out of the hair of an animal. If you have it, Shoe, it's a very weak type of a shoe, but if that's the case, you should be able to use chalitza with a shoe that's made completely out of the hair, out of the skin. Not sorry, not the skin, but the, the hair of the animal. So the Gemara says, no, ho, karka mikri. That is called karka or crocs. That is, it's a weaker form. It's true. In terms of the material, the material comes from an animal. So it checks off that box, but on the other hand, it's a weaker form of a shoe. It's like crocs. It's a weaker form of a shoe. And it is not going to work. So you cannot use that for a chalitza. You have to have uh, a, a good shoe, a good fitted shoe, and a, and a good shoe. If it's made completely out of the animal's hair, that wouldn't work. 
So we solve that that issue. Rav Kahana now asks Shmuel, when the verse says that she has to take off his shoe from upon his foot, how do we know when it says chalitza, the term chalitza, that it's mishlafu, that it's to remove the shoe? We know that because in one context it means to remove. Because dechsev, when it comes in a certain context, when it comes to removing the stones with regards to stones that have tzaras on it, they use the language of chalatz chalitza to remove. But I so fine, that's one source. But I could bring you other places where it means really to uh, raise up, uh, to encourage, meaning to put on Maybe it's really to do something active and to put on the shoe. Maybe it's about putting on the shoe. Because we can find in a few places. Number one, Dechsev, because the verse says in Bar, prepare your people for the army. So isn't that active? No, it means to remove them from the house. It's also a language of removing them, removing them from the house. But the verse says in Eov, uh, that you should uh, raise the poor person up from his poverty. So no, what it really means is to remove them from their judgment of Gehenna, from their from their terrible judgment. Oh, I have another verse. Also there, it's also to raise them up. No, there too it means to remove them from their terrible judgment. Again, there too it means to remove. Oh, we finally come to the last one. The verse says in the context in Yeshaya that you should uh, get your bones should get stronger. Rabbalazar says that this is the greatest of blessings. And what this is referring to, this is the, the, the strengthening of bones. So we see that chalitza also means to strengthen. So the Gemara says, this one word, chalitza, it means the opposite sometimes. Sometimes it means to remove, sometimes it means to strengthen. So how do we know what it means in the context of chalitza of the shoe? Maybe the shoe is to remove the shoe, but also maybe it means to put on the shoe. So the Gemara says, in mashmahachu, mashmahachi. It's true, sometimes it, mean, it can mean, it can mean uh, opposite meanings, it can go in both directions. But the hacha, Isakadaka Zuzihu Imkain left a Rachman of a Chaltanalo, Beraglo. Imkain left a Rachman of a Chaltanalo, Beraglo. If it's about putting it on, it should have said that he should have a he should put on the shoe, not me al Raglo, from his foot, which means to remove it, should be in his foot. That he puts the shoe onto the foot. And Mar says, no, that can't be necessarily a proof because No, that's not a proof because the reason why it says from upon his foot, it means that it could be a little bit above the foot. It could it even be by the shok, uh, which could be by the by the shin. It doesn't have to be by the foot itself, but it could even be by the shin of the of the foot. Um, and that's why it says it has to say mi'al raglo from above, from upon the shoe, the foot, as opposed to biragel into the foot. So maybe it could still mean they have to put on the uh, put on the shoe. Uh, so the Gemara says no. There's still we could still prove that it means to remove. How do we know that it means to remove? 
Because it can teach me both. It should have said bit in above the foot. It should have still said in that you put the shoe on. It should have said bit, which is on. The fact that it says from upon the foot, and it doesn't say in or on, uh, but it says from upon the foot, that teaches me must mean to remove. So this word, which is unclear whether it means to remove or to put on, we could prove from the context of the verse itself that it means to remove the shoe. Okay. Now we have a last, another few lines before we discuss a new topic. Amr There was a min, probably a Christian, who asks Rabbi Gamliel the following question. And he says, again, this is in the context of outside, after following the destruction of the temple, and the Christians, their big claim is that uh, God rejected us through the, we see that through the fact that we were left our uh, homeland, the land of Israel, and there was the destruction of the temple that uh, God rejected us. And so this min, this uh, Christian, he says, that your God, I can prove to you from the verse itself that God did a chalitza. It's like he did a chalitza. Chalitza was done. It's like he's the brother-in-law. The Jewish people are the sister-in-law. It's an interesting a comparison. Uh, it's like we were. It's like God is both uh, the husband and the brother-in-law because we were married to God through the korban. Let's say it's as if, uh, the, well, the, the temple was destroyed. Uh, Hashem is the brother-in-law. It's, it's like there's some sort of chalitza being performed here. Says this min. Says this uh, Christian. How could I prove this? The verse says uh, in Hosea. That chalitza was done. Uh, they're trying to find the Shem and they can't. Uh, Hashem, it's as if Hashem did chalitza to them, God forbid. So Rabbi Gabriel says back, No, Amar le Shota. He says, No, Shota. Shota, fool. Miksiv chalitz lahem, chalitz mayem ksiv. Ve'ilu yavmod chalitz lahachem midi meishashe ispei. Doesn't say that Hashem did the chalitza. It's that we, the Jewish people, it's as if we did chalitza to Hashem. We are the ones who, are, God forbid, God never rejected the Jewish people. Never has never done it. Will never do it. It's an eternal bond, an eternal covenant that Hashem has with the Jewish people. What I mean, the Jewish people, on the other hand, it's as if they attempted to do chalitza, which means it's as if they attempted to do chalitza. It's like we're the sister-in-law attempting to do chalitza. That is meaningless for the sister-in-law to attempt to do chalitza, which would mean that it's as if God removes the shoe off the sister-in-law. It's impossible. It's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. But it's, a, it's there to represent that it's like the Jewish people at the time, during the times of the destruction of the temple, it's like they rejected Hashem. But it's, uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. The covenant still exists. We have no right. We, the, the brother-in-law has to do the action. Of chalitza has to perform the chalitza, but the sister-in-law doesn't do the doesn't do chalitza. It's as if we're trying to reject, but it, it doesn't mean anything because it, it's an eternal covenant. We don't have the ability to remove to break that bond. Uh, it's an important gemara found in the middle of Yevamos here on one hundred two B. Very very important gemara. Uh, and as we return back to Eretz Yisrael, we return back to the land of Israel. So it continues to disprove their claim uh, that God rejected us because now we've returned back to our homeland multiple times. We've always had a presence in the land of Israel, but especially uh, when we uh, flourish. So it's further it's a further proof against against their claim. Okay, the Gemara now continues. The Mishnah said it's going back to again the different types of material, and it says that if it's like a 
if it's made out of uh, cloth, clothing, it's like a sock, you cannot use a sock uh, for chalitza. That, that would not work. That would be puzzle. So the Gemara says, This is to tell me that an ampalya, a sock, doesn't, is not halachically deemed as a, as a shoe. We have a proof for this. I can bring you proof to this. Somebody who's going to be Torah, who's going to um, donate to the to the base of Migdash, to the temple. So first of all, they're not allowed to have any sort of pockets. They can't have any pockets, and they also are not allowed to wear socks. That's the first line. They can't wear socks because these are places where they could put things in. We don't want anybody who's going in to donate to, to be for them to be suspect of taking something back with them. So they can't have any pockets. They shouldn't have any pockets with them. We don't want them to be any suspicion to come about as they are donating. And then the next line of this price says, second of all, this is a general rule, is that you're not allowed to wear shoes. But it says on palia, the socks is in the first line. Shoes is a separate, is a whole separate idea. You're not allowed to wear shoes as you're entering into the Azara into the courtyard of the base of Migdash. Shoes in general, this is something that we've discussed uh, a few recordings ago. Shoes in general, it represents the, the physicality, uh, the connection. It's like uh, the body is the shoe of the soul. And so we remove the shoe in places of holiness. Our prophets remove their shoe, shoes when God spoke to them. And so you're not supposed to wear the shoe. Or sometimes another explanation is that the shoe carries with it dirt. And so it also it ruins the the uh, the base of Migdash itself. So you take off the shoe when you enter into God's home, into the base of Migdash, into the temple. But those are two separate statements. So this proves to us the idea that Ampalya, this idea of an Ampalya, the, the sack, is not really connected to the shoe. First of all, you can't wear the sack because maybe you'll hide something in it. Second of all, there's a separate law that you're not allowed to wear shoes in the Azara itself, in the courtyard itself. That's a proof to our Mishnah. But now we have the following potential contradiction. It seems seemingly as a contradiction. Ruminu, this has to do with the laws of Yom Kippur. Because on Yom Kippur, you're also not allowed to wear shoes. And it's seemingly, the, the Gemara assumes that it's the same law from Yom Kippur to Chalitza. And by Yom Kippur, we say, We say that you're not allowed to wear any shoes. Cannot wear any shoes whatsoever. Um, from house to house or from your within the house from one bedroom to the other and not only shoes you're also not allowed to wear a sock according to you're not allowed to wear socks so it seems as though it's included in the definition of a shoe against our Mishnah so the Gemara is going to have one explanation by Abaye Rava is going to reject that explanation by and then Rava is going to give his own explanation so Amr Abaye Abaye says you can't compare Yom Kippur to Chalitza he says, I don't understand. On Yom Kippur, the prohibition is that you cannot get any benefit. You're supposed to, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have benefit. You shouldn't have hana'a. You shouldn't uh, feel, have a sense of comfort. You're not allowed to eat. Uh, you can't have marital relations. You cannot wear shoes. It's all, uh, you cannot anoint yourself. It's there to remove the comfort. And so therefore the definition of a shoe will be different. If the sock provides comfort and it does provide comfort, you're not allowed to wear that as well. So that's what it means. So Amrali Rava, Rava says, I don't understand. Rav Huna, 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 Rav 
There's a list of five. You're going to tell me that it's any form of, uh, of benefit, of pleasure, of comfort is forbidden? We know that's not true. Rababar, the son of Ravuna, he would put uh, something around his foot so that it would be easier for him. It wasn't a shoe. Uh, there's specific guidelines. It's not all forms of, of benefit which is prohibited. It's, there's specifically five. If it's not defined as a shoe, it's not included in the category. That's what, uh, that's what Rav will say. Apparently Abaye will say back that it's true we have these five, but these five are defined based on comfort. And so therefore the definitions could expand beyond just a, a regular definition of a shoe, according to Abaye. And it'll expand beyond that to even a sock because it provides comfort. Rav says, no, Whatever the definition of a shoe is, that's the definition. Yom Kippur is no different, even though maybe the root behind these five uh, prohibitions is, is to remove comfort. But in the end of the day, we have a definition. Definition of a shoe is the definition of a shoe, and it has to be kept. So that's what Rava says. And so therefore, he's still, he's still left with his question. What's the difference between Yom Kippur and Chalitza? Seemingly on Yom Kippur, we said that uh, a sock is part of the definition of a shoe. By Chalitza, it's not part of the definition of a shoe. So Rava explains as follows. He says, Elama Rava, Lo Kasha, Kan Bampilya Shal Or, Kan Bampilya Shal Beged. There's two different, really, there's two different types of socks. Some socks are just, uh, are just made out of Beged, out of just regular garments of cloth, of just re- regular fabric. Others apparently were made out of animal skin. Anything that's made out of leather, anything that's leather, so then that would be a problem. Even the sock, if it's made out of leather, that would also be a problem. So that's really how you explain it. Yom Kippur and Chalitza have the same definition of a shoe. If it's made out of leather, it's a problem. Rashi says it's a problem because it's there. It provides a higher level of protection, of comfort for the of protection for the shoe, for the foot. Sorry, uh, but if it's uh, made out of just begadim, regular clothing, so then both by Yom Kippur and by Chalitza, they all have the same definition according to Rava. That would not be considered a shoe. Okay, which is why also many say this is a big discussion. But in Yom Kippur as well, you're not allowed to wear a shoe. What type of shoe are you not allowed to wear? You cannot wear leather shoes, but you would be, it would be permissible to wear uh, non-leather shoes based on this is uh, based on this Gemara. It could be that others disagree. Uh, it could be based on uh, what we'll see in future recordings, uh, on the next recording. Uh, but right now, it seems as though uh, it's about leather shoes versus non-leather shoes. And the Gemara even proves this. I can prove this to you because we have two braces. Forget about between Chalitza and Yom Kippur. Within Yom Kippur itself, we have contradictory statements with found in the Brisa. Why? Because we just said in the Brisa by Yom Kippur that a sock can't be worn. But now, look at what we have now. The Bryce says you are allowed to wear socks. So in one place, all by Yom Kippur, it says you're not allowed to. In another place, it says you are allowed to. Must be that it's coming to teach you that it, there's different types of socks out there. Some socks are made, that they call a sock, it's referring to leather. And so therefore, if it's out of leather, so then it's a problem. If it's not out of leather, it's permissible. But according to Rava, again, just to emphasize, it's all the same. Yom Kippur, Chalitza, it's all the same. It's really whether it's leather, it's a shoe. If it's not leather, it's not a shoe. According to Abaye, there's a big difference between Chalitza and Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur has more of an expanded definition because it's really about comfort in the end of the day. We will continue with this discussion about different materials and what you can use as a shoe in the coming, in the next recording.